Welcome to the Listen to Your Gut podcast with international best-selling author Jeannie Patel-Thompson. Because your body is your subconscious. Your body is the densest part of your soul. Today I'm joined by Rachel Turner, who is a certified functional medicine coach. She is a holistic nutritionist and a heart math and EFT tapping practitioner. You can reach her at rachelturnerwellness.co.uk. So Rachel, you are, I, I actually know very little about you other than that you came highly recommended by Dane, but I do know that you are a certified EFT tapping um, practitioner and you also have healed yourself of ulcerative colitis. Yes, that's right. Yes. Very cool. And so how, so let me, let me actually, I'm going to get to your story later. Let's just jump in with a question that I think is really pertinent to this audience, which is how does the emotional and spiritual play into physical symptoms? Because for my readers, I have a lot of people who are really great at doing all the physical protocols, right? They're great with the supplements and the diets. And, and then you say to them, listen, for you to get long-term or, you know, like full healing, you have to go into the emotional, which is often spiritual components of your dis-ease, your unease. And that's when people are like, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what's in your experience with that and work with yourself and also with all your clients that have IBD or IBS? Yeah, no, it's a really great topic. So I think for myself, it took me, so I had um, ulcerative colitis for about 13 years or so. And I did all of the stuff, the nutrition, the supplements. But what I didn't really think about until quite a long way into my journey was really how I felt as a person, how I was managing stress in my life and how I was dealing emotionally with the symptoms and being diagnosed with a incurable lifelong disease. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started to address that as well as everything else that I kind of now call it the, the glue that kind of started to bring everything together and make it all stick it was kind of like the miss. It was, I think, an um, an important missing part for my recovery by actually starting to address who I was as a person, how I felt about things, and learning various different stress reduction techniques and how to manage my own emotion and any kind of trauma, um, and looking at things much more holistically, understanding that everything is connected. Mm-hmm. Then I found that when I made change, more changes to my diet and I changed my supplements, added in different probiotics, etc. I did get more of the results that I was hoping for. With the people that I work with, they're absolutely, I mean, they come to me because they are ready to start dealing with the emotional side of it. But yes, a lot of people are like, you're okay. I will do any diet. I will do anything, but don't get me connecting to myself on that kind of level because I I don't know where to start and it makes me feel uncomfortable and I completely understand that but I think you I think a lot of people do get to that point where they're frustrated um they they're they're frustrated and they just don't know what else to try and that is when you know that's when they're ready if they're not ready before then Mm -hmm. and then what do you see that there are common either woundings or issues or behavioral patterns 
in people with chronic illness? Yeah, there, there are some similarities. Although people feel quite different and they all come with their own stories, which are entirely different to the next person. When it comes to I, any type of IBD, I do see quite a lot of similarities with the understandable um, fear around food, anxieties around any kind of social occasion, um, fears around celebrations, social gatherings, um, and sometimes almost like a disconnection from themselves and their gut. So problems with digesting and processing things that have happened in their lives, which could be all kinds of things for all kinds of people. But I do help them starting to think about that almost. What do you find? What have you found hard in your life to digest and process and assimilate? because it does all correlate with the functions of the gut and often when we have those kind of conversations that's when memories can come up things that they didn't think mattered bubble up to the surface and of course they do everything does matter no matter how small or insignificant it might seem to start with absolutely and then what about the things like people pleasing and the inability to see mm. say no mm. and set mm. boundaries where yeah. they, they matter and they can take care of themselves and they can put their body and their needs first. Yeah. And that's a big one, isn't it? I think that's a big one for most people, regardless of their seem, you know, their physical health in this, in, in this current time, but the people's inability to prioritize their own self-care and their own needs is a really big issue. And I see it with every single person I work with that they are putting others before themselves, that they are looking for their happiness outside of themselves. And it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to put themselves under. And while they're doing that, they're disconnecting again from how they feel about a situation. So they're not, they're not being authentic to their own needs and what their body is trying to tell them. Mm. That's a really interesting point that, where does that disconnect, is that disconnection always present or is it, is it, are there circumstances that trigger the disconnect? That's an interesting. Yeah, that's, a, and that's a really interesting, another layer to it. So I see a mixture of people where the disconnection may have started young. Hmm. As you know, lots of things happen to us when we're really young and we don't necessarily remember them exactly or they don't seem important. But that can be that can be where some of the disconnection starts or it can be bigger situations as people have got older. And the only way they, they know how to deal with it at that time is to um, disconnect from it in some way or bottle it up, deny it, mm -hmm. all this kind of behaviours that I think can trap in your in your body energetically mm -hmm. and then emotionally and then as we know with as epi, as epigenetics would say your physical your um, emotional feelings and thoughts become physical manifestations mm -hmm. yeah exactly and then you know we have all the physical data now showing that you know the the neuro peptides produced by emotional states directly speed up or slow down motility in the gut, for example, yeah. which of course is then going to have a complete domino effect on digestion and absorption and yeah. bloating and 
malabsorption and, and keep going down the line. So even, even at the, the most basic level, we actually have data for there being direct causality between emotions and then your physical body and your physical symptoms. Um, yeah. But so how did it happen in your own life, like your own personal journey? At what point did you find tapping and how did you come to realize that it was a missing piece for you? I stumbled across it quite a few years ago when my son, my eldest son, was struggling to sleep because he was going through quite a stressful time at school. And in desperation and in the middle of the night, I started Googling how to get my child to sleep naturally. And this crazy looking tapping thing came up and I was willing to try anything. So I went into his bedroom with my phone and I kind of, we, we lit each other up with the phone screen and I followed the instructions. And within two rounds of tapping, he was fast asleep and stayed asleep for the whole night. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe it. So he was about, he was probably about um, nine or 10 then. So he wasn't a baby, but he was going through quite a hard time. And I just kind of thought, well, that is very interesting. And by that point, I'd already been using for some years craniosacral therapy and kinesiology, mm. which Wonderful. is fantastic. And I still use it now. But I hadn't really, I went to those sessions and they're amazing, mm -hmm. but I never really connected. I was in my own little place whilst having the treatments. Yeah. And it wasn't until I saw that happen with my son, I thought, there's, there's a lot that I don't know about how we feel and how that works in our body to see him go to sleep like that um, really, really changed things for me. So I looked into it more and I used it more with within our family with great results. And then I started to, I studied it, just did a self couple of self-study courses so I could use it in more depth, used it on some, uh, some of my um, children's friends for their own sleep and other issues. And obviously then started using it for myself. And I did suddenly have this kind of dawning that I didn't have to keep feeling this stressed. Right. I could bring down my mood. Um, so I, would, I could get really frustrated um, and angry with myself and hate my body when I was sick. But I realized that starting to use this very simple technique, I could just start to shift myself a little bit away from that feeling which was very empowering and gave me a lot of hope. And so that's where mm -hmm. it started. And then I took it from there. Um, and then some years later, trained as a practitioner. What was your decision? What was behind your decision to, to take? Because I know for myself, I, I trained as a practitioner in order to be able to use it really effectively with myself and my family and my friends. Um, but you kind of we're already using it really effectively with your son. And then you decide. So what was behind your decision to um, become an active practitioner? So by that time, um, my, my, um, the colitis had got to the point where I couldn't work anymore. I had to quit my career. So um, because it was bringing on all kinds of other stuff like panic attacks and just the stuff that wasn't, I couldn't live with. So I had to end my career there. And then I was kind of at this crossroads where I just didn't know what I wanted to do next but I just knew I wanted to help others that were in the same position as me I'd come a long way on my healing journey mm -hmm. I knew there was more to do so I started to train as a, a functional medicine health coach and that gave me a much better picture of all the different components that make us who we are ah. including all the spiritual and emotional and stress elements 
And it just kept ringing to me that I had to look into this more. And I was already enjoying tapping at a basic level. So I thought, right, I'm going to I'm going to dig in deeper here because I really feel that I need to do some more work here. And I think everybody else can benefit from this. And that's when, as well as training as that type of a health coach, I went off to do my full practitioner training so that I could have the confidence to use it for others, regardless of, of what they presented with. So do you practice now as a functional medicine health coach and an EFT practitioner? Yeah, and they do what they merge. Yeah, so, totally. Um, you know, with any health coach, we, they all specialize in certain areas. But for me, the thing that I'm really passionate about is this mind-body connection and the emotional element being almost, you know, a foundation to our health because if you're if you're not feeling good it doesn't matter how amazing your diet is you're not going to be able to digest it and take on the nutrients in the same way for the reason you've just said as if you can just manage your emotional load better transform your stress then everything else is going to work a lot better for you and a lot quicker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so do you, can you share any, um, anonymously, anonymously, of course, any client story that is really helps to illustrate the thing we've been talking about? Does anyone come to mind? Okay, so let me have a think. Um, one that's coming to mind is um, somebody that has got an IBD and they one of the issues that they have is a, a fear of food, which is understandable. And they were able to, um, for three years, they haven't been able to celebrate their birthday. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to go out and eat with their family because um, it's, in their words, been a pity party. They haven't been able to do it because they can't eat the food and there's no celebration behind their birthday. Yeah. But this year, with through you know my support, I'm not going to put it down just to me. Obviously, he does, that, that person does the work themselves too. They were able to go out and celebrate their birthday and enjoy a full meal of what they chose they wanted to eat with no anxiety, but most importantly, no symptoms. Where before they would always have got some kind of symptoms from what they ate. And I I feel a lot of that was because they went into that situation without all that emotional load being almost put on that plate in front of them as well as the food. So they could go in there with an open heart and an open mind, feeling healthy and robust and just enjoy that celebration like anyone else. That's fantastic. And so for a lot of your clients, because I know for me, when I, um, you know, my first sort of miracle experience with tapping, I had gone to a practitioner who specialized in chronic disease and I had gone because I had, again, like you, been researching on the internet, and I'd seen all these stories about how people were using um, tapping to speed up metabolism and lose weight. And I'm like, well, if you can speed it up, you should be able to slow it down. And that's my problem. You know, my metabolism is too high. You know, breastfeeding my children, I had to eat four meals a day plus a protein shake, and I still lost weight. Like, it was just, I was like, this metabolism has got to come down. And that's what I booked in for. And we tapped for 10 sessions and not once did we tap on my metabolism. (laughs) So, you know, it was all about, um, I had extreme guilt over parenting 
and being the good mom. Um, I had, again, that inability to set boundaries for myself to say, I'm tired. I have to rest. I have to eat. I was always that, well, I must take care of my kids first. Otherwise, I'm a bad mom. I must do this. Otherwise, you know, the whole guilt. There was just layers and layers of guilt at not being a good enough caretaker. And so it was all of these types of things that were, you know, like revving my nervous system, which then revved my metabolism. And yeah. then, and I remember the difference of, I can't remember what point in, in the 10 sessions it was, but at, at some point enough had been addressed that my nervous system dropped. And it's like, it's like if your entire life from infancy, there's been a, a fan going, <laughs> you know, you know, like when you're cooking and you put your range hood fan on, yeah, and yeah. it's like, and then all of a sudden you turn it off and you're like, oh, like you don't realize how agitating that noise is. That's what it was like with my nervous system. It's like I had never even realized that my nervous system was like, like all day, 24 seven until it was turned off and silence. And it was like, oh, my goodness. But a lot of these things like have come from as I think for me, it came from from, you know, like my first week on this planet where my mom, you know, people told her that she spoiled her first child. So with me, her second child, she just left me to cry myself to sleep every night. So, you know, right from, from literally birth, you teach a child, it doesn't matter how much pain you're in. It doesn't matter what your need is. You are alone and you will remain alone. Well, what does that do to a, to a baby's nervous system? What does it do to their belief in this world and their experience on this planet? And, you know, so I, I screamed for six nights and then I stopped and then I slept very beautifully every night after that, which, you know, the, the parenting camp could consider that a success, you know, and I consider that an ultimate disaster. And I, what I've noticed for a lot of people with Crohn's disease, especially is one of their foundational core issues is they don't feel safe yeah. in this world. Yeah. And so when you don't feel safe in your viscera, in your core, in your tissues, how can you then be healthy? Because you're, you're, again, we're back to that nervous system. That nervous system is like this all the time. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. Threat. Where's the threat? What do I, you know, and never can it drop and the exhale take place. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. And yeah, I do see safety issues come up a lot, identity. And it does, ultimately, a lot of this does go back to when we were really, really small. And it's it's of no, it's, this isn't a blame game, but it is just about how do we move forward? How do we accept, forgive, find a solution to that emotionally so that we don't have to manage all of that subconsciously as well as everything else in our life? <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, what you were saying about the mum guilt thing, it's it's a huge it's a huge issue. Mm -hmm. Um 80% of mums feel it, 60 or so or more percent feel it at least twice a day. It's it's draining, it's mm -hmm. inflammatory, it's really, really harmful. Um, but there you know, it's it's about breaking it, acknowledging it, knowing finding out it's actually there and that is the issue, and starting to gently break it down, isn't it? So that you can just start to release some of that 
overwhelming responsibility and trying to live up to others expectations and your own expectations that you're putting on yourself. Yeah. For me, it was my own expectations. Yeah. Nobody's harder on me than myself, which is a personality trait common to people with IBD and IBS. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like we're the type A's, we're the overachievers. We're harder on ourselves than anyone else. Yeah. And our guts are like this. (laughs) Yeah. And that, yeah, that's right. And then, and that drives us crazy because then our guts are out of our control. Mm-hmm. And then we just, that, that no, that's not how we work. We like mm-hmm. things to be very much in our control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the hidden gift that, you know, forces you if you, if you want to take the opportunity to heal um, that forces you past the, like you basically give up the belief or conviction that you can control anything (laughs) and, and you surrender, you know, and, but to get, to get someone like us to surrender, like, you know, we, we will often, we'll fight hard. We will fight really hard to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, so what was your career before you had to give it all up? So I worked in it security for about 20 years. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big job. Yeah. And it was in sales and account management. So it was stressful. Very. Yeah. Lots it's, of targets, lots of pressure, which I thought I thrived on. Yeah. And now you're this completely different person, completely like, I mean, everything must have shifted for you after yeah. your body forced you yeah. to leave. Yeah. And, and it did absolutely force me. Yeah. It absolutely forced me. And, and now, now I can look at it differently. It was, you know, my body was throwing everything at me by the end to just get me to stop and change my lifestyle, mm-hmm. which I, I did. And I'm now, I'm now, a, I feel like a completely different person. I've got more energy than probably since I've been a teenager. Mm. Um, and I just look at the world very differently now. I, the world's a lot bigger. Mm-hmm and brighter and yeah I have a completely different outlook on my life and everyone around me mm-hmm. it's a much healthier way to be and I can't really explain I can't really explain it but one of the things that's helped me get here is is the tapping because I think it's made me just have a different perspective on life see the bigger picture and I always knew, I always knew I could somehow get well. I just knew that when I was diagnosed, it just didn't sit right that I, they, you know, I was being written off in this way. Mm-hmm. And I think once I started looking at things in a much more holistic way, even though it was many years later, it, it did, or it did tie in with that original intuition, I guess, that it, this isn't right and this isn't going to last forever. Mm, I love that. It's, it's so interesting that, you know, everyone who's healed from something big, whether it's, you know, IBD or cancer or whatever, I've not met anybody who's done, who's healed and said, oh, my life before was better. I wish I could have it back. (laughs) And so maybe this is, you know, an encouragement for people who are in that place where they're so afraid to delve into their emotional and their past and so afraid of what they'll uncover and so yeah. afraid of feeling 
to really hold on to that promise that this will lead you somewhere better. Your body is always advocating on your behalf. Your body is not betraying you. Your body is not trying to beat you up and and kill you and break you down. Your body is holding this space for you to move into this more blissful, blessed experience of yourself in life. And like you said, yeah, you have to go down and you have to go through things. And that's, you know, that can be hard and that can be challenging and that can, you know, you may cry a lot more than you ever thought you'd cry. You may, you know, have to face relationships that you don't want to face, but it's taking you somewhere so much bigger and more beautiful than you can imagine. And to just really try to hold on to that hope. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's that knowing and believing that you can be well and not just not even just well but better than you've ever been Mm -hmm. there is no cap on what the human body is capable of we've just got to allow it to do what it wants to do and I know that sounds people might listen to this and think oh that sounds easy it's not necessarily easy because we put too much thought into it all but the body is always healing in one way or another. But I think it's very easy for us to lose trust in our own bodies when we do get these kind of diagnoses because we feel that we have to make it happen mm-hmm. when actually it's starting to almost let go and allow the body to do what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very well said. And it's, So if someone comes to you and they are just new to this whole mind-body aspect and maybe they've never tapped before, where do you kind of start with them? Well, the great thing about tapping is that, as as you know, it's scientifically proven. So there's any number of studies that people can can read and and see the results. Um, So I always kind of just start with it's it's a stress reduction technique. So as soon as you start tapping, you're already making those changes in the brain, switching off your fight and flight response. And so that's quite a nice, gentle way into it. And I introduce them to the the style of tapping and we just get stuck in. And I just even if it's just about how do you feel today, Hmm. we don't have to start anywhere too deep. Mm -hmm. If that's um, daunting, we just start off and I'll start with, well, how are you feeling today? What's your week been like? And something's going to come up. Yes. And then we start there and then we end up going to somewhere quite important, which they don't understand how they've got to, but that's okay. Cause they're in that nice relaxed state and they're just allowing their mind to tell them where they need to go next. Yes. Yeah. And now what for you, how would you define, cause you talked in the beginning about craniosacral and um, some other bodywork therapies. What for you, because craniosacral is also extremely powerful, capable of great transformation, unlocking trauma stored in the tissues and cells. What for you is the difference between tapping and craniosacral, for example? Yeah, so I, so tapping, I feel in control of because I do it for myself and I use it every day, at least once a day. It's just habit now. So it's something that maybe it's more tangible for me so I can actually have that conversation with myself about how I feel and then I start tapping and then all kinds of thoughts and feelings and memories might pop into my head and it's a very kind of an active 
method for me to make myself feel better. Craniosacral therapy is is different again, where it's a place I can go and let somebody else help me so I can share share my experience with somebody that's highly trained and that I let them guide my body to do what it needs to do. And and I can just kind of let, let it happen without any interruption by me. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is such a powerful technique that just as an aside, my husband had to take me to one of my sessions many years ago when I injured my back and I couldn't drive. And he was so blown away with the result of that one session that he started going himself. And since then, he's given up his career and he's going to be qualifying as a craniosacral therapist in December. Wow. So he's gone from IT director of his own company to craniosacral therapist because it has literally blown his mind. That is fantastic. And have you ever had stuff come up in your craniosacral that you've then tapped on afterwards? That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Clear to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. So the, the great thing about those kind of therapies is often you'll, you'll go to a therapist. They have got such a huge knowledge bank. I mean, the, the craniosacral therapist, for example, that I was seeing, she started training in 1977, the year I was born. She's like Yoda. No <laughs> like, kidding. I can imagine. And that was after she'd been an osteopath. So her, her wealth of knowledge is mind-blowing so she knew me better than I knew myself just just from me just from her like holding my feet or holding my head she just knew it all and things would come up and it would be enlightening for me and then yes I can then go off and if I need to do some more work on that I've had her insight and I can go off and do that with the tapping myself by talking to myself about how I feel about that what does it mean to me what else is going on with that for me whatever it is but yes these therapists, some of them are, you know, just incredible to have to have that time with and all of that experience. Yeah. That yes, I it's, can then do the extra stuff myself. Well, it's interesting because China actually has a container for people like that. They get they get um, recognized as, as a national living treasure. So, you know, and I, I saw one of my um, acup- well, she does a combination of acupuncture and visceral manipulation and herbal med. Like she's again, like one of these people she's been, her teacher is 95 years old, still seeing eight patients a day. She's been doing this her whole life along with Kung Fu and Qigong. Like, again, just like the woman you described, like an absolute amazing human being. Um, and so, so someone like your, is she still practicing your craniosacral? Yes, yeah, she's she's moved, but yeah, she's I I think she is still practicing. Wow, what's her name? Just her name is Linda Rogers. Okay, to go look her up. She sounds amazing. Um, yeah, when someone has the osteopathic training and the craniosacral, that's also really powerful. I had yeah. um, I had a therapist like that. We lived in Singapore for six months. And I developed, um, this is so my son was only like nine or 10 weeks old and I developed this vaginal hematoma. And so the doctor was like, we're scheduling you in for emergency surgery tomorrow, because if that breaks, you're going to bleed out. And I was like, okay. And then I went home that night and I went, you know, with the amount of experience I have (laughs) medical doctors and everything being super urgent and you're going to die. I went, okay. 
let's, let's go into the body. And I didn't know tapping at that time, but I just went in and I did some pranic healing on the area. And I went, no, I'm going to book with my osteopathic craniosacral because what if there's something pinch? Like what if there's something's out of alignment and something's pinching something else. And that's, what's created this blood vessel to swell. Like, why don't we just go in and release all the surrounding structures first, if it doesn't work, there's always surgery. And so I had gone in to see him and, you know, told him, this is what's happening. Do your best. Um, you know, no pressure. And so he gave me a treatment and then I went in for when I was scheduled to have the surgery, but I said to her, I want you to ultrasound me again, because I've done some things. She's like, well, what did you do? And I said, well, it's, it's energy healing work. So I don't know that there's any point in me explaining. And she went, okay, well, we'll re ultrasound you gone, disappeared. She was so freaked out. Cause it was a big, it was like a surgery worthy hematoma. And in 24 hours, it was gone, gone. So yeah, amazing. And then I've had things too, like I've been in craniosacral sessions and the person will be, you know, maybe holding the area and going into like, okay, what's in here. I have another therapist here in Canada who works. He's really cool the way he works because he does um, craniosacral and he studied visceral uh, myofascial release with the founder, John F. Barnes down in Sedona. And then he does medical Qigong. So he's again, one of these people that comes with this huge toolkit. And so he can see exactly what's happening and why, but he's learned if I just fix it for you, or if I just give it to you, it has one tenth of the power. Then if you, I lead you and guide you to find it for yourself. So he'll ask, he'll, he'll know that, okay, there, the chi or whatever is blocked here. And he'll ask you, and he'll know why it's blocked, but he'll ask you questions so that you figure it out. And so often in sessions like that, I'll be like, okay, I'm after I've had a big realization, I'll be like, I'm just going to tap on that. And I tap through visualized tapping. So I don't have to physically tap on myself, but he'll just keep working on me and I'll tap through whatever's come up and release it. Yeah. Um, And that's great, isn't it? Because that's really resolving the issue much more powerfully. Yeah, I understand that because you're taking responsibility and you are acknowledging it and letting it go. So you're doing like you're going full circle with that rather than having the therapist do it for you, which is great. But you're not going to really know why, what and how. But when you're involved in that, then for me, it's like a, it's like full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I almost wonder if that's one of the reasons why I tap, because this really bothered me in the beginning. I was like, why is this technique so effective? <laughs> like, it just, I was like, I need to figure this out. Like, why does it work so well? Like, cause you know, having had decades of craniosacral and um, myofascial and advanced energy healing and shamanic healing, and, you know, having had these incredible experiences and feeling cellularly transformed, but it lasts like three or four days. And then I'm back sick again, you know, during my healing journey, I was like, why does the tapping work so well? And why, when you tap with something, are you done, done? Like, it's not like, you know, and, and, and when I qualified as a, as a practitioner, I learned how to do it for myself. I had to go back and tap on stuff I'd already done extensive work on. Yeah. Right. Because I yeah. realized this is actually, it's not finished. It's not released yeah. 
through the layers of the physical, emotional, and etheric bodies. Um, so I wonder if, if what you're pointing out about the fact that that self-responsibility mm. is one of the reasons why it's so effective. Yeah. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much. And I love it when I see a client after, you know, however many sessions, but I'll, I'll ask them to do the tapping in between because I always say that some of the important work you'll be doing yourself, because it could be some of the first times that the that people have actually sat down with themselves for many years, if ever. And they'll, yeah. they'll come to me with stories. How did you get on this week? Have you used tapping? Yes. And what did you tap on and how did it go? And they have such great realizations and they feel better for it. And they've done it themselves. Yes. After so many years of being told, being told about their health by other people, often mm. negative, negative messaging. Yes. And, you know, um, feeling defeated and disempowered. Yeah. Remember that? Got Let's, this... I'm going to pause you there because that is that you go to your, whether it's your naturopath or your negative or your medical doctor, you go there. And of course, it's what you're asking them to do. All they focus on is what's wrong with you yeah, not and what's where right. you're not doing well and what you still, and you come out and you just feel so defeated. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah, on. you absolutely do. So, um, then something like tapping puts the power back in your own fingertips, literally mm -hmm. back in your own body, back in your own mind. Mm -hmm. And you can choose to do it or not do it. But you know that when you sit there and do it, even the biggest skeptics, and I've worked with them, yeah. can't deny that they don't feel better for it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's amazing to me is when animals ask me to tap for them. Because <laughs> like they know, oh, I want this technique. I want this, you know, because this is really um, powerful and it's exactly what I need. And I remember at one point I had this cat and my kids were still really young. So I said to her, I go, okay, you get one session. That's all I got time for. <laughs> one session. And she was this cat who was absolutely frightened of everything. Um, and, and of course, because she was frightened of everything, she would create a self-fulfilling prophecy. So one simple example, if you were holding the door open for her, she was terrified that you would let the door close on her when she moved through it. So she'd, she'd be like this and you'd be like, come inside, come in. She'd be like, oh, but I'm scared, but you're going to let the door. And then you'd finally go, oh, for fine, stay outside. And literally the second you let go of the door is when she would decide to go through the door and she'd get hit by the door. And it was amazing instruction for my kids to watch how, your expectation of life determines your reality because we saw her do this over and over, like through so many circumstances. And her sister was the exact opposite. Her sister had a belief that she was amazing and resilient and life was largely good. And to, to have the con, like what a gift to, to our family. But anyway, it got to the point where she, I was like, okay, you get one session, let's go into this. And um, what I saw from her when I connected to her was that, um, so they were a feral litter. Um, yeah. The mother was completely wild. And the woman had phoned up and said, they are all going to be gone by tomorrow. The coyotes and the raccoons are getting at them. So can you come? And, and that's why we took two. So she had already witnessed one of her siblings being eaten in front of her. And that had instilled, we're back to this, the world is not a safe place. 
I am not safe, right? And it was all stemming from that core trauma. So that's what I tapped on. And I told the kids, I did a tapping session for marbles. This is what came up. This is what she's, and then they got to watch her completely. And because she's an animal, quickly transform the whole way she moved through life. And, and, you know, go from being this afraid and timid to being an actually annoying cat because she's so bullshy and she's so confident. And she's so full of energy and vigor. And, you know, it's again, she knew she was like, I need a tapping session. Yeah. And and there's so much that's done that that can be done for animals with all different types of therapies. Um, and yeah, I, I have used it on. Um, I haven't used it on our cats, I have to say. And it sounds like we have got very similar cat dynamics in our house. Ah. Feral, feral, two feral cats. One is a sweetheart. He's very soppy, but his sister is, she is bonkers, bananas. So now I'm going to have to try and catch her. Yeah. <laughs> try it on her. But I use it on the dogs and on my sister-in-law's dog. And the changes, Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also cool because I use it um, on my horses and I videoed yeah. those and those sessions are up on YouTube. Yeah. And then, of course, when people are watching. So with one of the horses, um, he was terribly abused um, by humans. Well, how many humans have been terribly abused by humans? It's the same issue. The anger, the rage, the helplessness, it's all the same. So in the YouTube comments underneath, you can see people saying, oh my God, you got to like X minutes and the floodgates opened. I was bawling my eyes out. I'd gone back to my childhood of blah, 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 but I stayed with it and I tapped it through. I can't believe how I slept through the night for the first time. So, you know, just for people to have this, you know, awareness that, that we're all beings and, and all of life is connected and all of energy is connected. We put all these separations onto things that don't, actually exist and the world is so much bigger and more magical and more you know amazing than we could imagine until we start opening and and having the courage to say okay I'll just take that tiny step into this world yeah just start allowing and giving permission and that connectedness is an important point as well because you know tapping with other people is very very powerful the studies are showing that it's even more powerful than when you tap on your own or one-to-one. Mm. And when people are watching um, back the, the horse video, they're sharing that experience from when you actually did that yourself and recorded it. So the, the connectedness of energy mm-hmm. is, is limitless, isn't it? Yeah. But yes. outside time and space. Yeah. So, but certainly with group tapping, the cortisol levels drop even more. And the results can be even more profound because you're sharing the experience with others. Which makes sense. I mean, I mean, we know this from any worship based, you know, any group meditation, group church gathering, you know, intention groups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That makes I never thought of that to extend that to tapping. But yeah, of course. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And the fact that I mean, that's why I created my laser tapping program for people to be able to have something they could do on their own. And then, you know, like it doesn't, and I say this over and over, it doesn't replace the times when you need 
a trained practitioner like yourself, because there's, you're, you're always going to hit points where you can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. You, you can't get the insight into your own self. Um, and you need that outside person to, you know, dial into you, ask you the key questions. You know, I'm sure for you, once you connect with a client energetically, things start coming into your mind about, ah, what this is really about is, you know, this. Um, but like you said, in between, if the person can be doing their own tapping, that's just so much more powerful for them. And, and um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when I learned tapping, well, you've said you, you currently tap every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I tapped at least once a day for two years solid, at least once a day, probably more because I was not just tapping for myself. I was doing all the work for my kids as well. Yeah. Um, and now it's not every day, but it's certainly whenever anything arises, you know, with, you know, I have like 20 different beings in my household between the animals and, and the humans and something's always happening. <laughs> Someone's always needing a little bit of help with something or you, you know, you have threads come up of, of you're like, oh, and it's so easy. You're like, why not clear that? Why have yeah. all these like holdbacks and, and things that leak my life force energy and things that reduce my, my strength and my power in this world? Why not just clear it? it can be 10 minutes, 20 minutes. What's the big deal? And that's what I love about it. You don't have to. So I don't assign a time to, to do it. I just do it. Yeah. And it could be when I'm out with the dogs, yes. uh, when I'm in the kitchen, something or I realize that something's bothering me. I've got something in my mind that's bothering me. I'm like, no. Yeah. So whatever it is I'm doing, I just start tapping and having like a, an internal conversation about it. Yeah. It's not like I have to make the time to do it. Yeah, that's exactly. That's another reason why I love it. I just do, I just do it on the fly when it needs to happen. Um, and there's ways of doing it discreetly, isn't there? If you're, if you're out and maybe around other people, and you don't want them to see you kind of <laughs> going around all the points. There's other ways of doing it, but that's what I, I love about it. You just, you just, you can just do it anytime in any place. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, it's just the, the best self-healing um, technique that I found. So Rachel, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? So they can find me on my website, which is uh, rachelturnerwellness.co.uk. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also on Instagram quite a lot. And most weeks I do live tapping sessions as well as coaching sessions and heart math and other things. But and if you go into my um, IGTV, I've probably got about 30 or 40 di different tapping videos on different topics. But I also have a YouTube channel if people prefer that route for just some free resources but any questions around any issues that you might be coming up with, you feel that there's something you need to be working on, you're just not sure how to approach it, or this whole topic of emotional and mental health is a bit scary for you, just drop me a line and I'll give you some support. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been so good to meet you. I know, you too.